Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Farouk Shahabi, co-founder and CEO at Formula. Farouk, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Of course. So my background, I started my career back when I was 17. So I'm an entrepreneur. I started my first startup back when I was 17 in the UK. Uh, Formal is actually my third startup. And uh, all of my previous ventures, as well as Formal, are surrounding data mining, data analytics, basically working with data. When I started my first uh, career, it was basically that I wanted to learn how to code and how to analyze data. But uh, later on, it turned into a business and uh, people were infected. So we can try it. Transition it to a startup after selling my first startup. I started my second one, and after selling that one, we started Formal. Okay, great. So, serial entrepreneur, technical engineering background, because you wanted to learn how to code. So, startup life your entire life, which is fantastic. And then you're, so you said this is your third startup, yeah. and it's called Formlu. So, tell us a little bit about the products and services that Formlu offers. Of course. So Formalu is a B2B SaaS and we are a no-code collaboration platform. We started Formalu back in 2020 and we help businesses basically to create applications without coding. So that's the main job of Formalu. So we want to make creating applications as easy as playing with Legos. So you just plug and play everything together, drag and drop everything together and you have your final product and you can use it. Uh, right now, more than 25,000 businesses using us every month. Uh, we are mostly popular in the U.S., but we are expanding in Germany, France, uh, Australia, U.K., Canada right now. And uh, the main thing that Formal is best at is the, that uh, many businesses are creating their engagement so uh, solutions via Formal. So they are creating anything to engage their customers, engage their employees, engage their audience from simple things like forms, ways, chatbots, uh, even AI chatbots, to custom applications like custom CRMs, customer portals, HR portals, and dashboards. Interesting. And now this would differ from some of these other no code, where say I, like a bubble where you no code, but then you're creating that to actually offer as a SaaS application and monetize it. In this case, would the difference be that businesses could come in and create this application for themselves for internal use? Exactly. So most, uh, most of the applications that are created in Formal are either internal tools that they need for automate their process, grow their process, or to engage their customers as a customer facing applications. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And tell me, you know, I, I'm a CFO by trade, but if a founder's listening, CEO, rather than his or her team go to see a CRM, you know, app and just sign up, you know, what brings, because you've got a lot of businesses on 25,000 plus businesses on the, on Formaloo, what brings them to Formaloo to say, for example, create, to create their own custom CRM application? So that was from a need that we had ourselves as well. In, in my previous businesses, uh, a lot of our clients uh, had this need as well. And if I want to summarize it, this one word is flexibility. 
So when you sign up to a platform, for example, a CRM or something else, for example, an ERP or a, basically an HR solution or something else, and you are put in a box and you have to follow their rules. And the, the same rules applies to you, a factory and a restaurant and everyone else. And that's usually a recipe for disaster because my business is unique and I need my own unique solutions. So I took that flexibility to customize what I'm building and what I'm using the way that I want to run. And I should follow other rules. I should make the rules and create the bugs that I want my business to grow in. And that's the main thing that the most businesses like about Formal. Because if it's not a question, does your solution support this and that? Is that how can I create this for my business? How can I create this specific need that I have for my and so customers, users coming to you, so you have businesses coming to you, and are these non-technical, so say business operations folks who are coming to create these applications for their company? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. When we started, actually, we started to be targeting developers and data scientists. And we said, okay, with formally, you can, if you're a data scientist or a developer, you can create your solutions faster. We help you everything. And we found that that's not the right fit for us. And uh, there are great, many great things that are making the job of developers easier, but not so much the job of business users, the ones who never coded in their lives. So we pivoted actually, and we said, okay, well, we should be 100% no code. We should be 100% uh, positioning ourselves to help business users, marketing managers, HR managers, product teams, the ones that need something, but they don't have uh, access to a good technical team. So Formal is a 100% self-service platform that everyone, anyone in the world can start using it in a matter of minutes. And uh, we offer templates, for example, to get us started. And if you want to get, for example, a custom CRM inside Formal, you just pick one of our templates, uh, customize it to make your own, put your own logo, uh, uh, customize everything in it, and you have it in a matter of like two, three minutes. Okay. Well, that, that's exciting. Yeah, that, that speed, that turnaround. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. And so you mentioned you founded Formlu in 2020. And do you have a physical location, physical headquarters? Uh, yeah. So we have two offices, one in Toronto and uh, one in Tallinn, Estonia. And uh, our marketing team, one is the marketing headquarter, one is the engineering headquarter, basically. Okay, and, and which is which? The Canadian one is the marketing, uh, Tallinn is engineering. Okay. Uh, mostly because, yeah, most of our customers are in North America, especially in the U.S., so we wanted to be close to them. Okay, yeah, makes sense. And, and what uh, is your current team size? So right now we are 15 people. 15 people? Okay, split between Toronto and Tallinn. And then anything you want to share around your ARR revenue range? So we last year, we surpassed about half a million in ARR. This year, we are uh, looking to quadruple. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 4X growth this year. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And I'd love, you know, my next question, you know, talking about your go-to-market motion, because you're, you founded in 2020 and already in 
three years have 25,000 businesses using that application. So how did you reach so many businesses so fast? Or at least in my mind, that seems really fast. Yes, you were very lucky on that. So back when we started, we basically didn't have any money. So we didn't have any budget for marketing or we didn't have a marketing team at all or doing advertisement or anything. So we sat down, we said, okay, we have only one way to grow and it's from our own users. And we said, okay, we have only one strategy to grow and that is product growth because we don't have any other channel, paid channels close to us. So we said, we should make formal a PLG company. We should grow from product and we should turn our youth ambassadors. So we start to doing a few things that is, in my opinion, one of the, the best things that we did inside. The first thing that we did, we said, okay, we, we will publish everything public. What is happening inside the team? What, uh, what is happening inside our product? We, get, we will get feedback from every, every person, every use. They can, everyone else can see feedbacks of us on our platform. So with this building public mentality, and we create a community, a community of no-code developers. No-code developers are the developers who never code, basically. And they are using formal other products like WordPress, Webflow, Zapier, this kind of frame and tools to create websites, applications, tools for their business or for their clients. And with this community, a word of mouth emerged. And everyone is was talking about Formalu and what is happening inside, and they were referring us to their colleagues, to their clients, and and to basically to their audience. That helped us to basically have a word of mouth engine to grow our uh, our customer base. And still today, three years later, we never done any advertisement so far. We have spent nothing marketing so far and the word of mouth is our biggest ally and our biggest channel and in parallel to that we, we offer formal as a freemium service this business model helped us to get our brand out because in the free and it has a formal badge in it and if you create something inside formal you see formal branding and you see that who, uh, what platform was used to create something like that. Uh, and that helped us to be in front of a lot of audience uh, of our customers. So cust our customers get to know formal Okay, great. I love that. That'd be a great case study in how you grew. So it sounds like really a deliberate PLG, so product-led growth motion, and, you know, using your users as your ambassadors and just being very public about what's happening and to really create that community word of, word of, word of mouth referral engine uh, yeah. up to 25,000 users in, in uh, a couple of years. So that's pretty amazing. And so it, it sounds... We eventually when something went wrong, for example, when the, we made a mistake or that the, the bug was... A, uh, hurting some of our clients. So we share everything from our experience of what is happening every month, what is happening every day. And uh, even they, the, our company can see what are, what are our uh, technical team working on in real time. That helps to build trust. Yeah, yeah, trust, yeah, really important in that journey. And then, so you recently raised some capital, looks like a, a 2 million euro seed round. Uh, so what triggers or milestones led you to raise that seed round? 
So the last year, it was very then important year for us. So last year we said uh, we should make Formalu a sustainable company, a company that is a stable and can survive even without cash injection or a, a capital injection. So for last year, our goal was to become cash flow positive. And we achieved that pretty on in the year. And uh, we said, okay, now that uh, we are stable and we don't die without uh, raising any capital, now we need capital to grow to the next level, to grow from this. Uh, back then it was like uh, 15,000, 20,000 businesses, 200,000 businesses. So we said, now we need to aggressively grow in the markets that we are most most active in, especially in English-speaking countries. So we said, now it makes sense for us to raise capital, to grow fast, to create a marketing team, to create a sales team, to do the things that we never could have done before with us. I love that. So really, you you had a philosophy to become a sustainable company so Formula can last all the ups and downs in the markets. And then it sounds like, so you said you became cash flow positive before raising, correct? Yes. Yeah. That okay. That, that was the case for raising, basically. <laughs> okay. I love that. So it wasn't, let's raise and then let's figure out some profitability. But you said, let's figure out this profitability first and then raise. And now we have a really long runway because we're cash flow positive. And now, like you said, now let's grow where we're really active, where our users have a lot of activity and a lot of growth. Exactly. One of the things, for example, that happened last year and this year is actually worse is that the raising capital is getting much longer than before. For example, in 2020, 2021, you could have a good start, could have raised in four months, five months, and, and it was done. Now it's eight months, a year even. And I know some great startups that died when they were raising because it wasn't done until the finish point and they, they ran out of money. So we said, no matter what happens, we can grow, from, can uh, stabilize formally, but we only need uh, the capital to grow more. Yeah, that's a great transition to my next question. You kind of answered one thing. So what are some fundraising lessons learned in that 2 million euro seed? So uh, basically the, the first thing, some, some lessons. The first one is that don't start raising in summer because every VC is in vacation. And we start raising in summer and it was like nothing, nada. And everyone was, I will be back in October. I will be back here. And, and the second thing is that it's very, very important for VCs and it's very important for the startup itself that the startup is not basically eh, just a lot of noise. And uh, basically a lot of word and sound, but nothing practical behind the scene. So for most VCs, it's important that the, you you sh you show a proven track record of how you can create a company that can grow itself, even without you. And uh, it's uh, basically a well-oiled machine rather than just a neat, a neat idea. VCs don't care about the ideas per se. They care about team, they care about the, this well-oiled machine that can grow and they care about traction more than anything else. And uh, if uh, you create something like that, that show this positive uh, picture of this, even if your idea fails, you can pivot 
and you can work on an idea that can make the company great again and make the company grow faster than before, even the idea that was originally uh, was thought of was not working. Other thing is that, uh, especially these days, the market fluctuates very, very uh, fast and very, very thunderstorming. So it's uh, ups and downs like, uh, for example, when we were racing uh, uh, the Southern SDB bankrupt and it, uh, the VC, our risk was like, okay, we lost our money, what is happening? So the, everything can change in matter of uh, minutes. And uh, you as a startup should not be tied down to one VC or two VCs. You should have plan B, a plan C, a plan D, and go on to see, okay, if it doesn't work, this VC will work with this VC. If we stop raising and decided to stop raising, we can survive. This is our plan D. We can do it like that. And especially the investors, when they see that you're prepared for the worst case scenario, that shows that, okay, anything that that happened in the future, they can handle it and they don't go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great insight. Appreciate those fundraising lessons learned in this, in this process. So at this stage of your business, three years in tons of businesses on the platform, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on to manage your business? So the first KPI for us is always a model. And it's important for, I think, any SaaS, it cannot be uh, forgotten. Uh, the, our first KPI is MRR, but the second KPI for us is monthly active businesses that, that are using our platform. For us, it's very important that the, we see how many businesses are using Formalu and how deep are they using Formalu. Are they using it just as a command book and just a one-off thought, or are they using it for a deep meaning their business? To make it, to summarize it, uh, how essential is formal for their business, not our business. So how essential is it that they should have formal in their business? Because that shows how impactful you are for their business and uh, will they survive or grow without you? Will they churn or not? And everything like that. So this shows us uh, uh, for that, we had a, a couple of KPIs. For example, uh, we tracked and monitored how many employees per business were interacting with us, how deep they're building these tools, and how many cost- our customers actually using our platform. Remember, today we have more than 20 millions of our customers, of our customers interacting with our platform. And uh, that shows us that or using more in depth than, for example, six months. Okay. Yeah. makes a lot of sense. So MRR and monthly active businesses and, and everyone defines active in a different way. How do you define monthly active businesses for Formaloo? So for us is a very, very basic term. I think is that if they logged in and made the contribution in the last. And the, okay. Logged in and made a contribution last month. Okay. All right. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, it wants to do something inside our system. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, per, really appreciate your time today. As we wrap up, what's coming up, or what's next for Formulu? So, right now we are working on implementing a, 
some new features inside Formaloop that make help, that make the creating application even easier. So we always pride ourselves is that Formally is the easiest platform that you can create no code applications, but especially with the coming, coming of the AI, we need to be better than that. And we want to implement that inside our platform as well. So we want to automate many tasks that, uh, for example, a marketing manager have in their daily jobs and to create the applications. And we want to uh, make the creation of applications even easier and even faster than before to basically help businesses grow faster and automate a lot more of their process. Because we are now in the automation phase of and everything that can be automated will be automated. So we want to help that happen. Great. Yeah, that, that's exciting. And before we wrap up, I was just thinking about one more question because you've lived the startup life since you were 17. Uh, so any last advice for those first-time founders out there, right? Because that's tough. You have ups and downs. Each week is different. Each day is different. Uh, so any any advice out there uh, for first-time founders? A couple of things, because that happens to me a lot. In all my trips, I find race before. I work with bad VCs. I work with VCs. I work with the co-founders that broke the company. I work with co-founders that are real like nine years later and we are still doing business after business together. So few things is that the first and foremost team is everything. So think of your co-founder and the one who are, you are marrying basically, because that could break, it may or break your business and think of your co-founder as the one who will be leaders of your team, because at the end of the day, you as a CEO or uh, as a C-level, in the long run, you won't hire new people. Uh, your team will hire new people. And one of your core team should be a leader of tomorrow. They should be able to manage a team uh, in the long run. The second one, is, because I see that a lot, don't uh, rush to fundraise. Uh, make sure that you are in a good spot and make sure that VCs are coming after you before going after your VCs. Uh, a lot of uh, Founders, I see that they rush to found it and they say, okay, I'm starting this idea. I have like a couple of customers, let's do fundraising. But that doesn't bode well with, with great VCs. And you end up attracting mediocre VCs or bad VCs that can kill your business. And that's the lesson number three. Uh, always work with great VCs and don't compromise. I know I, I needed money a lot in, in my careers and in my past uh, ventures as well. But uh, if you raise money from a bad VC or even a mediocre VC, and a VC that is not aligned with your culture, that is not aligned with your uh, goals, that would be at the end of it. So you can forget about uh, raising the next round. A few things, for example, uh, Sometimes uh, great startups raise uh, from bad VCs or mediocre VCs at the start, and then they grow. And at the next round, no great VC will invest with them because they say, I don't want on a capital that. So they are basically doomed. And that's the best case scenario. The other thing that happens is that that bad VC will 
do a lot of things, try to micromanage the founder, and that ends up basically dooming their startup again. So only work with great VCs. And you can find great VCs not only by their reputation, which is great, but most important with their portfolio. So talk to the founders in their portfolio and find the ones who have the same values as, as you and same, uh, same values that you have as a founder. And you can see that founder at this same value with me. You can see that you are a great match for that VC because it's a both way. You have to be a great match for them. They should be a great match for you. Well, I really appreciate that wisdom and guidance. That was fantastic. So appreciate you sharing your experience there. So Farouk, really, again, appreciate your time today and, and sharing your journey. If listeners would like to learn more about Formula, where should we send them online? Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So for Formula, you can follow me on LinkedIn, same. And for Formula, very easy, formula.com. And you can Perfect. see it and use it. Yeah. All right. That's fantastic. So if you'd like to learn more about Formaloo, create your own internal app, check out Formaloo, F-O-R-M-A-L-O-O.com and check them out and check Farouk out on LinkedIn as well. Put those in the show notes. And again, Farouk, really appreciate your time and sharing your experience. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a 